if you're able to see a good number of students and we all wearing we all have very bright backgrounds there's actually a theme here we're not just crazy so those who are in blue are the staff members who are going to be the hosts of this event those with a yellow background are the people from the podcast team so the podcast editorial board those in green that's Maria rep representing the SSLC, so the student um, committee and reps. Blue, we have Rosie and um, and Joyce. Sorry, Joyce Atalibe, who are coming from Eco Society. Please forget, forgive my terrible memory. I would say that. Uh, sorry. There are purple instead of blue. Oh, so yes, purple. Oh, I don't even know colors anymore. Well. In my life. Anyways, yeah, purple are the guys from Eco Society, and white is from NEP, so the Norwich Economic Papers. That's probably going to be hard to remember, so I'll probably put a color coding in the chat so that everyone can get through, so you figure out who is who and what we represent. But so the hosts today are going to be myself, Ruth, and George, also in blue, and Baha, also in blue. And um, I'm sure you can see the names of everyone on the screen. So on the podcast team, we have Yeva, Chris and James, all in yellow. And we have Rosie and Joyce in purple, who are from Eco Society, Maria in green from the SSLC, William from the NEP. So we'll just go straight into it and we'll start with Baha. Um, hello and good evening, Friday week eight. Um, so I want to first uh, propose a question to everyone in the chat. Uh, so feel free to uh, write what you think uh, on this question in the chat. Um, the question is, what does engagement mean to you all? And the, the really, this is a question in academic sense or uh, in a student life sense. Um, this is open to, to everyone, uh, so please uh, write your opinions in the chat. And I also want to ask uh, one of our um, color background students to answer this question. What do you think engagement means to you? I think engagement for me is about committing and actively participating as a student. It's kind of beyond going like the basic and compulsory stuff such as lectures and workshops and trying to get a bit more integrated within the student and academic community. So it's just like an active stuff. You don't do it every day, but you're kind of the, in the background and helping where you can or being helped as well sometimes when there's a chance for it. Yeah. Anyone else with an ex how about you, Joyce? Because I know that Joyce is an alumni. So, what power you've. Joyce has disappeared from the screen. Or is it just my screen? Yeah. <laughs> um, engagement for me is just in academics, I would say just interacting with the lecturers, interacting with your peers, advisors, mm -hmm. and just making the most out of all the resources that we have. like rise meetings i mean it's been difficult with covid but before i would just make meetings with lecturers mm -hmm. meet with my friends to discuss what we're learning about and it's just getting involved really yeah. learning aspect of it and even engaging in university lifestyle yeah things like that engaging like your socials going out just anything to get involved and not mm. feel alone and finally james well how would you describe engagement, both from an academic and extracurricular perspective? Um, I think, it, obviously, I think there's two ways of looking at it in that engaging academically, so like learning as much as possible, um, asking questions of what the lecturers are learning, so like you're kind of getting a better understanding. Um, and then also probably um, stuff that we're kind of doing, which is kind of extracurricular stuff. So whether that be working with the podcast or the papers or anything, I think it's kind of like um, learning as much as you can and getting as much out of your university experience as possible and then also trying to get as many skills as possible that you can then use in later life um, and also trying to do something that's interesting and I think if you're studying economics 
then everything that's here today and people representing today, you should probably be interested in. And so I think just getting the most out of your university experience and learning as much as possible as you can um, over the three years is probably what engagement is about, I'd say. Sounds good. I think George has a question. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Uh, first of all, thank you all for joining today. It's a pleasure to see students representing different parts of the eco community. And of course, yeah, just to add also engagement, I would see it has two sides. One is the academic engagement, which is about not just about attending lectures and uh, your academic events, but also actively being an active participant in this and also the extracurricular areas and playability related or any other ways we can create a more kind of a sense of community as a school of economics, which we this is what we're trying to do. Uh, so all of you are engaged in some way with the school. Apart apart from the academic engagement, so I would like to ask how are you currently engaging with the school? What kind of opportunities have you used so far? What yeah, what does this involve and uh, how do you use these opportunities? How do they help you in some in what ways do these opportunities help you? Uh, for example, getting additional skills or getting a, a better sense of community with other students or with uh, members of staff and so on. Anyone willing to? Sure, I can have a go at this one. Um, so I'm for those um, those that don't know, I'm I'm one of three editors of the Norwich Economic Papers um, Journal, and so this really sort of involves we produce sort of two issues of the journal um, this year. We're we're sort of soon gonna gonna produce our first issue. So it's really sort of the skills I guess I I've learned um, or I've sort of practiced uh, sort of the whole sort of publication skills so um, that can be sort of designing the issue and um, making sort of decisions on on the content and stuff and then I guess on the the sort of editorial side um, editing content and sort of writing your own um, content so it's it's sort of a, a rounded experience for anyone that's sort of really interested in um, publishing um, and, and journalism um, and I think it's sort of in addition yeah also just sort of interviewing people as well i think that's just quite a key skill to 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 highlight to a potential employer if you you know if you want to go into to journalism um i think the 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 paper just it enables you to sort of touch on all, all the sort of different parts and you i think it, it you can just speak about it really well in your in your sort of interviews and stuff so i think yeah particularly with me this is something that i've been been interested in and and it's sort of enabled me to it's just added added another thing of, of sort of interest to my CV, which is important um, for us as we're sort of trying to trying to enter into the, the working world. Thank you, William. Anybody from the Norwich Economic Podcast? So how do you find the experience and what are you learning from it? Uh, yeah, I can go. Um, so I did my undergrad in the School of PPL uh, in International Relations. Um, so having worked for a year and then come back to UEA, um, obviously I didn't really know anything to do about eco before. Um, so it was really good opportunity taking part in the podcast to just get to know both the academics and my peers as well in, in a better sense. Um, and yeah, it's opened up a lot of um, a lot of opportunities uh, at the moment I'm taking on an internship um, alongside the podcast and the podcast was something that the in my interview they were really impressed by and I think yeah it's, it's, it's a great opportunity um, that that I think I wouldn't have taken on otherwise um, and showing that I've been proactive despite COVID um, is something that really impresses employers in, in the interviews that I've done um, and that you know you're, you're still yeah proactive and excited to engage not only with your studies but also with the school and helping out the uni however however way you can so yeah I I, I'd recommend it to anyone to take part in the in the podcast. Thank you 
Thank you, Chris. Uh, Maria, I would like also to ask you about representing, uh, being part of the SSLC and a student rep. How does engaging in that way has helped you being part of the eco community? Uh, personally, it has helped me a lot. As an international student, I didn't understand much the educational system in the UK, as it's quite different from like elsewhere. So through the SSLC, I started to integrate more into the academic sphere and also how teaching works, how to address people in an academic and kind of formal way. Like in America, you'll call them Mies and then the person's last name, but here you adhere people by the name. So it's just tiny little things that, uh, that helped me in the first year that I joined the SSLC. And then during that first year, I actually found out about all the other things that come from being within the committee, such as all the soft skills that you learn and understanding better the school itself. You not only understand the student point of view, but also the staff point of view and the struggles that arise. So it not only helped me to expand my network, to, but also to understand better, like as a person, what lecturers are going through and how things work in the school. And it also gives you this feeling that you're an agent for change. If there's something that is um, being a problem for students, you can rise that problem. And it's a space in which you feel accepted and heard. It's like you feel the student's opinion actually matters. So yeah, I think for me, it's been very good, like academically as a person, as a student and in the professional way as well, because it's a chance to connect better with lecturers and people within the school as well. So you expand your network. Maria, apart from participating in SSL meetings, what else does this uh, being a student rep involves? Or maybe, maybe Eva can also add something because she was, she has also been student rep. Yes, I think I, I should split my background in like two parts with the green for the uh, course rep part and yellow for the podcast. But both of those like offer very two different opportunities, but both are very great. But uh, for course rep part, you, you're sort of like the bridge between students and staff, which is a very, very nice thing in both in terms of like feeling like you are part of a community and as Maria said that you can make a change. So it's just like being present and around and speaking to people and hearing what they are, what are their issues. And when when you do that and then because students a lot talk about the issues what are going on in the school like themselves. And it is very important that there are like some that actually bring it towards the staff and that the, because ECO has like a lot of uh, people that are willing to engage both here on the podcast side, both on uh, the SSLC side. And uh, through SSLC, I also started uh, to work uh, with EPIC, which is Educational Practice Innovation Committee with Duncan Watson. And it's also a bunch of students who are also willing to make change and like propose ideas how things could work. And uh, Yes, apart from like the community feeling and just like the the feeling that you can actually do something and see how things like affect other people is very cool. Great, Eva, many thanks. And I would like to ask the society, of course, as well. Uh, why do you think students should engage with the society? How does the society uh, engage with the school as well, but also what kind of extracurricular activities you have so that students would benefit from it. Either Rosie or Joyce, whoever wants. I think for us, we're part of the committee, so we've got gained a lot from it from the organisational side to that sort of delegation role, as we, I don't know if people know, but I'm the president and you're the vice president. vice president. And then also it allowed, I was a student rep, I've been throughout my entire time at uni, but then through being on the society, you then started going to the SL course, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you got really engaged in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the society being on the committee mm -hmm. itself is good for us, but it's nice to give back to the students. And mm -hmm. um, we would host so many socials. Mm -hmm. And I think it was through socials in first year that really got me engaged with the school. Yeah. Um, I made so many new friends. And joining uni on its own is hard, so having a society mm -hmm. there to get people together was the best thing that I could have done at the start. And I think as well, sometimes students are more likely to come to us in a 
more relaxed social environment because I don't know why, but there's this stigma around it's scary of going to these official people with their official roles and stuff. So I think just through conversations with friends and stuff, you develop a lot more of a conversation surrounding what needs to change and that, and that's what we've seen. And also my involvement with the um, eco support um, committee, I've seen a lot more and it's been really insightful just to see that, like Maria said, see the range of problems that like the lecturers face and things like that. So it's really quite interesting to see the broad thing of it rather than just a lecturer standing at the front of a lecture hall two hours a week. You know, there's so much more to it that I don't think students really realise until they sort of probably got to our stage. Thank, thank you a lot, Rosie and Joyce. Yes, Maria? Yeah, I'd like to add something now that Rosie mentioned. Um, I think another good thing about, that I gained from the SSLT is that it also gave me a chance to get integrated between the Equality and Diversity in Economics group. And I think that's also a very relevant committee, particularly in an academic setting in which, which we know that there is sometimes very few opportunities for people from certain communities. So being able to join the EDE has also been good, not also not only the sense of community and feeling like you're supported, but as Rosie said, like just erase these issues and like see people from the like human point of view rather than only the academic. So it's also a very good space. And yeah, it's good to be able to have all of these places and engage with them and talk with like from a person to person point of view and not an academic student point of view. And I think also uh, members of the Economic Society also participate in different uh, meetings, the engagement, for example, the engagement meeting. And also, Rosie, I think you are part of the advisory board for the School of Economics, which are also very good opportunities to engage with uh, externals as well and network. Yeah, I've got my fingers in quite a lot of pies at the moment. But um, yeah, I think also something for the society is involvement in the social side of things. And it's not as much as we are here to get a degree. The experience of uni is unlike anything else. We'll never really get the opportunity to just move away and have complete freedom for three years and be quite irresponsible, really. So I do think that that is another um, aspect which draws people in. And then through that, they can get into the different avenues. Like Maria said, she going and got into the equality and diversity group through one um, element of engagement with Mike Joyce. Through being on the committee, you then went to the SSLC. So it's really a domino effect, I think, once you get um, involved. Thank you, Rosie. And before continuing to the next question, so all of you, since you are engaged with one of the groups or in some way with one of the activities offered, but do you think that uh, all of these activities are visible enough to students? Do you think there are other ways we can make them more visible? Um, perhaps, I don't know. When I sort of first joined, so I, I'm doing my master's, um, so I just joined, joined in September. Um, the 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 NEP papers was to be fair the only one that I recognised and that could be just a reflection of of me not paying attention to my emails but yeah perhaps there is there is more that sort of could could be done I mean I probably didn't think hard enough about there would be an economic society or whatever um, I'm also now aware of the the student run um, investment fund which I wasn't at the start so I think there maybe could be um some more um i guess yeah more awareness sort of put out there earlier on in the in the term so you can so you can have the chance to to join early um and sort of uh, i guess rather than sort of waiting till till sort of the new year or whatever to to find these opportunities um but that could be a reflection of um obviously everything's online these days i assume that in most normal years you have some sort of Freshers' fair or something where you know there's a lot more sort of buzz and activity around different different things that students can do. So true, true. Yeah. Um, thanks everyone. I think George has even asked my question about 
other opportunities in which you can engage because I think we all, at least in my opinion, we sort of brought everyone here together because of the role you have with these different bodies. But a lot of things are coming up, like the mentoring and all of those. So I'm just curious, for those of you who have your hands in many pots, like Rosie said, what other opportunities do you think students who do not want to, for example, be part of the NEP or the Eco Society or the podcast, what other opportunities do you think they can um, lay back on or what other opportunities for engagement do you think they can actually take advantage of? And another question, if you had the opportunity to do this again, so if you had the opportunity to come to UEA again, would you do things differently? Would you still be part of these groups or would you spend your time in a different way? I want to hear from Chris first. Um, I'm quite happy with the way that I've done this year um so i'm currently in my masters and i as i mentioned i've got an internship i do the podcast um and i've been volunteering with the charity and i think i wouldn't have been able to do all three if if there wasn't this opportunity for remote learning um and i know a lot of people kind of give it a lot of slack but i think it, as much as it doesn't replace the real thing it does offer other opportunities um, so, for example, my internships with a Brussels based public affairs consultancy, and I wouldn't have been able to do that if it hadn't have been for COVID in a really dystopian way. Um, but I think it's about sort of making the most of what opportunities you have to yourself to begin with. And I, I could have sort of deferred my master's a year, so I would have got the, the real UEA experience, although um you know I, I had that in my undergraduate year but i thought you know it, there are opportunities despite covid that are available um and i think it's what you make of it um so yeah no i'm quite happy with with what i've been doing um and the podcast is a great way to for me to engage with um the school of eco having not really understood it since well i've only been involved since september so um yeah no i think it, I, I don't think I would have changed anything and for me from my personal experience the podcast is is a great way to really test your skills not only in terms of organizing events but also in terms of technical skills I've really built my editing skills um, which is something that I had some experience in before but now I've got proof on my CV which is what a lot of employers you can say that you're interested in something but if you don't have the proof, they're not necessarily going to believe you or you're not necessarily as, you know, driven as someone else, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really happy with the decisions that I've made this semester. Um, well, this year even. Um, so, yeah. I'm, could you repeat the first question? Sorry, I might have gone on a bit of a tangent. Oh, I think you've answered the first question as well. So the first question was about other opportunities that students could explore in terms of engagement other than belonging to one of these groups or any of the groups that we have here today. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd just say try and get involved with as much as many societies, even though they're not the, the same as they have been for the past. Well, in my three years before COVID, but I still think it offers you great networking opportunities, not only in terms of with your fellow students, but also in terms of those opportunities outside of the society. And I know a lot of societies are speaking to other university societies as well um, and engaging with them in that sort of way. So, yes, yeah, great way to make loads of friends, um, but also networks for the future as well, which I think is equally as important. What about you, James? What do you think to both questions? What other channels can you engage through and would you do this again? Uh, I think on the on the other channels, I think it's good. To, I think there are a lot of channels and going back on the question about whether or not they can get advertised enough. I think it does. I think there are. I think the, the only thing I would say about that quickly is that maybe incorporating advertising and lectures could be done more. Um, and that's probably more difficult this year with it being online. But I think having the what the number one way you're going to get students is through lectures. So I think that is probably better than the emails because I know a lot of students, including myself, don't probably check emails that incredibly well. Um, but there are lots of opportunities. I think um, I think maybe doing some 
you don't want to do too much, especially like if like for the podcast for me, I think that's because it takes up a good amount of time and I want to put a lot of my energy into that as well as my course. I don't want to be kind of maybe doing so many other things because it might mean that I'm not fully engaging with the kind of thing that I really want to do, which is the podcast. Um, so I think it's good to do as I think the thing that I would always say is like do as much as you can, but that can means don't do everything so that you're just kind of not kind of you're, you're just spending your whole week doing this, this and that and turning up to so many meetings that you don't have a life. So there's a balance there, definitely. Um, and then if I would say doing I would definitely do it again. Um, I've, I have really loved doing the podcast. Uh, it's probably kept me sane. One of the things that kept me sane through the lockdown. So um, so I would definitely uh, do it again. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I would always say to do things like this, I think it's really good. Like as Chris has said, and other people have said, it's like learning the skills is brilliant. Meeting new people and friends is great. And kind of getting access to like um, kind of really interesting um, people um, and talk, talking about um, kind of interesting subjects. I think all of those kind of things means uh, I think I think you should do all, all the things we're talking about today. I think people should should definitely go for um, and I, I would definitely do the podcast again. Rosie, so from the Eco Society, especially with the pandemic kind of having changing all what you guys would typically do in the normal year, would you have decided that this would be the best time to join the society or to be the president or social secretary? Um, I'm, I'm as unfortunate as it is for us with the pandemic, we would have wished to do so much more with the society, but engagement mm. in it is very low as it is for many extracurricular things at the moment um, but for me it was sort of as soon as Lauren who was the president at the time came into our first year lecture right at the beginning and she was speaking about her role and stuff I decided that that's what I wanted to do and I knew from first year that I was going to go for president in third year mm -hmm. so and then there's a question in the chat about has uh, your role helped you find hidden uh, passions and talents and for me we were social sex last year yeah. together and as silly as it sounds but it just let me be my organized self but actually doing stuff so like when we were planning the ball that's my dream i love planning parties and things like that and it was just like nice that there's roles within economic oh, you disappeared economics which is what i want to do that involve those sort of other things like party planning and dressing up and all things like that and I, as novel as it sounds I think that that is something you can really take away from it's engagement isn't all sitting there with a bunch of lecturers all the time and talking about really serious stuff there are fun elements to it so say getting involved with the the pizza night that we usually do with the lecturers and that sort of opportunity I think it humanizes everyone a bit more because yeah. there is this image that lectures are really scary and almost robotic so yeah I think that, that is what I've taken away from it and I wouldn't change the roles we've had or anything and it, but as Chris said before COVID has really provided those extra opportunities for us and allowed for involvement also we've got so much more time on our hands because we're not doing anything else so we are able to be more involved academically so yeah um, yeah, I agree. I mean, in the start, I wasn't as interested in getting involved. I would say that I was quite quiet and shy. But um, I met Rosie through one of the first events that the mm. society had at the time. I think it was just like a meet and greet. Yeah. And that was, I enjoyed that so much. I made so many new friends on this one day. We met Baha that day as well. Yeah, we met Baha we that day. Um, and it was just <laughs> a really nice way to get involved. And then through seeing my friends get involved, mm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to get involved. So I became social secretary um, in my second year mm. and then went on to vice president this year. And I just wouldn't change a thing. It was one of the best decisions mm. I've made. Rosie helped me made it too. Mm. So, like, definitely, I wouldn't change anything. And despite COVID getting in the way, um, I think as a society, we've done the best we can. Mm. And we have had a fair amount of engagement, which mm. is more than we initially expected. Yeah. So... I wouldn't change anything. It's been really but I great think experience. also to, as a testament to what the others were saying, I don't think it's ever too late to get involved. Mm. Say Chris and William, they got involved in their masters. Yeah. So you really there is opportunities for every sort of type of person to get involved at whichever stage you're at. So, yeah. yeah. 
Well, thank you very much for remembering me. Um, I think it was just yesterday that I saw your face in my maths first year uh, class. And when you see how many questions, like all the people, they've all phased out, like, are we doing that in a week? Or are we doing that in a whole term? And uh, I can I can say that it is still the same, so nothing has changed. My next question, uh, our next question is something that you you've all uh, touched on, is is um, being a student during a lockdown, having everything virtually, uh, not having the pizza evenings where it makes us human. Apparently, we all need to be mixed with pizza to make us more human. Uh, come out of economics and numbers and maths and theories and all that and I mean we, we, we have we, we used to have all these social events and I have to say that we were also um, you know um, enjoying engaging with the students on other fronts but then do you do you feel that um, being a student in a uh, through a virtual environment has that more you um, uh, felt you more associated with the school or are you feeling more disassociated with the school? Maybe I asked that from Rosie um, or other people who've experienced being a student out of a lockdown and during a lockdown. I think for us, the way it's impacted us most is the lack of collaboration with other students yeah. when we have assignments, because I remember last year when we had a chronometrics, there was a group of about 20 of us sat on the first floor of the library and we'd all do it together and we'd all talk through our ideas and it really helps for us both to talk something through before we can like write it down and get our heads around it. So I do feel in that way, it must be very hard for first years to not have that sort of communal uh, sharing of answers and just discussions. Um, but I, I mean, while it is difficult, mm -hmm. it is definitely what you make it. Yeah. I mean, exactly. if you choose to be a bit more reclusive, you're gonna get less out mm -hmm. of the year. And if you really just try and push and do everything you can, mm -hmm. um, I found that I have definitely engaged more with my lectures mm -hmm. in this year than I even did beforehand. I'm sure that some of my lecturers are sick of having teams meetings with me because I'm having them all the time because why not? I mean the opportunity's there so mm. you've, you've got to make the most of it. Um, so but I do think that that is us from our experience of now being in third year yeah. as opposed to That's pre true. and post pandemic. Yeah. But what about I, you Maria? Have you had the same experience? Because I know that Maria has always been involved in like the ziggurat challenge and things that are usually very social. How has this felt for you in this virtual yeah. experience? Um, for me, not having the secret challenge was heartbreaking because I'm very active and I absolutely love like that two hours lot a week in which I could just let all the energy out and like see Pete getting super competitive and like doing silliest stuff to win each week. So that's something that I definitely miss. And um, yeah, as you said, I'm very like social and active. So it has had its, prone, its pros and cons. It's been good, as the girl said, because it gave me a chance to engage more academically. So now I'm training like eight sessions per week, something I could have never dreamed of before lockdown. But it's because I can just like have an hour between lectures and stuff like that, which is super useful. But on like the human side, I do feel like I haven't connected as much with other students because personally, I spend already so many hours sitting in front of my computer doing work or doing lectures that I just don't want to spend another hour just chatting with people most of the time because I really have had enough screen time. I just want to disconnect. <laughs> and I also live with my family full time while I'm in Norwich. So it's also like hard to find that balance between my personal stuff, university and family when you're doing everything in the same living room with the rest of your family. So I think that's been particularly difficult, but there's also spaces to do it in like, I haven't talked to much people, but then again, this econometrics project came and that's when all eco students get together because nothing unifies us as much as the fear of data. And that really helped you like 
to talk again to students. No offense to George, it's definitely not your fault. And um, yeah, I think it's been tough. It's it's been very difficult for me, particularly. But there is spaces, and I think people you've been close to during your course are always going to be there. Like it's kind of life life lasting relationships. So even if you haven't seen them, because some of my friends didn't even come back to the UK, you kind of still connect through everything. So <laughs> yeah, a bit of both, because I also had you in first year, but yeah, Pete has done the most damage. But yeah, I just, it's been difficult, but there is ways, I guess. I certainly miss the social part a lot, because I really like to be with other people. Yeah, I can imagine. I wonder what the experience is like for Will, though, because Will, this is your first time at UEA, and you've sort of during the pandemic. How has it been like for you? Yeah, I think, I think for me personally, I've, I, I've, I've really liked the sort of online learning side of things. I think I sort of agree with Chris that it frees up so much, so much of your time, really. Um, so I've had. I've been working part time all the way through um, and then you've obviously got your studies um, and then what pretty much is another part time job in terms of hours is is applying for, for new jobs as well. So I think without the online learning and particularly even when I was going in for one lecture a week in the in the first term, um, that that sort of one day was probably my most unproductive day because I'd, I'd have to come into so I live sort of like 40 40 minutes away from Norwich so I'd have to it's not far but I'd have to sort of come in sort of set myself up in the library um, as much as it was sort of nice to seeing sort of student friends it was I'd end up just not not being as productive whereas I feel um, I can just sort of sit in my my office and, and sort of unsocial as it is I can my productivity has been so much higher um, as a result. Um, and I think also just compared to, I didn't do my undergraduate at UEA, but compared to my undergraduate, um, I've been so much more engaged with with student, with with lecturers um, and, and just the university in general, um, because um, I guess just, you have to you sort of have to make the most of this these sort of online sessions and like our, our online lectures so a lot of people i think it's it's very easy to sit back um and sort of watch the the lecture go by and hope that sort of other students come in and, and answer questions um and i from my experience I think the majority of students are sort of doing that but I think you really get the most out of it if you're the one that's just asking the questions um, and and sort of trying to trying to drive the the lecture forward because there's there's sometimes that sort of awkward the lecture sort of moves at a very slow pace because the 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 lecturer is trying to sort of get students engaging but no one's really sort of engaging and I think the more students engage the better sort of all students sort of get out the the more sort of all students get out of the lecture so. I think it's been a, a positive, a positive development, um, but that I guess that's just me, me personally. I think I've got quite a lot out of it. Um, could I propose a question to to everyone who's experienced either at UEA or elsewhere, both engaging before lockdown and also during lockdown? Do you do you feel you are engaging more academically? and with the student life more now than you were previously, or is it the other way around? Or, I mean, feel free to also divide between academic engagement and also engagement with the school, as in just student life. I'll just, just quickly add, um, yeah, so academically, very much more engaged, I'd say, but clearly on, on a sort of social level, yeah, just not, not engaged at all. I think I've, I mean, I've only been here for, for a master's, but I just have a, a group chat of, of three people. Um, and they're, there's my sort of only friends that I've really made at, at university and, and, a, and a couple of others from, from lectures, but so on a social level, yeah, definitely, definitely not. But, um, but yeah, definitely on a, on an academic level, engaging much more. Yeah, I agree with William. Like, I've been here for three years already, but academically, I've engaged a lot, way more than the previous years. But socially, 
not compare at all with the previous years. What about James? Because James, I know that you're still doing quite a few things with incoming students, your business challenge. Has it has the pandemic done anything? Has it affected you in any way at all? Uh, I, I do actually academically I, I feel less engaged. Um, I, I find it difficult I find it difficult um, to kind of uh, I've, I've had enough of sitting at this desk and looking at the screen for for lectures and I really I, I really miss just being among human beings in a lecture hall. I don't know why I, don't know, I can't explain it, but just being among your friends and watching a lecture in person just I don't know I feel like I, I learn a lot more. However, I think maybe more engaged with um, like uh, kind of actual studying by yourself you have more time to do that so I think that's that's easier um, but um, but uh, but apart from that obviously social life wise is abysmal and, and and really not not going anywhere but when it comes to engaging with the school and like with my career and stuff I think that's kind of in a weird way like Chris was mentioning earlier and in a kind of weird way actually my career and my oh, aspirations for my career and just engaging with the school has increased quite a lot during the pandemic whether that be with the podcast or as you said the business challenge or working for the university um are quite luckily quite um, lucky to get an internship for this summer i've had more time to apply to places and to practice for interviews and stuff academically and social life um maybe not as engaged but when it comes to kind of um, careers and engaging with the school itself and extracurricular activities, I think I've been able to engage quite a lot more than I would normally. Thank you. <coughs> Sorry. Thank you, James. Uh, yeah, I also think this virtual world that we're living in actually gives more opportunities to engage academically, but doing that constantly, continuously, some, at some point it starts getting tiring. And I think in the new era, uh, a good combination of virtual learning and face-to-face uh, -face learning would be a very good approach. But I would like to continue with uh, my next question because there are, there are different types of activities and ways to engage, but I would like to see whether you think there are more types of activities you would like the School of Economics to initiate other types of activities, both curricular or extracurricular, that you think would be useful? I can I can have a go. Um, yes, so I think something that sort of I've sort of, and this is part of part of I guess one of the benefits I've got from from NEP and and speaking to to some alumni about about sort of the the current job market and uh and i guess where 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 sort of students need to need to start um where students need to um sorry <laughs> where um where students i guess need to sort of stand out and something that's been raised quite a lot is the the sort of doing extra extracurricular um courses and whether that's i guess sort of run by the the, the School of Economics or I guess even through sort of partnerships with with external sort of courses. Um, so I guess there's there's lots of exciting um, and sort of new areas of economics and, and sort of finance um, but sometimes sort of modules for it to sort of become a module it can it can sort of take take a few years for, for I guess the lecturer to be to come in and, and sort of propose it or, or is interested in sort of taking it as a, as a module so I don't know for example like sustainable finance or, or coding or some sort of network analytics these all sort of really really new and exciting areas um, that, that the industry are, are sort of very involved with but it might take um, a bit longer for us to have a, a module on, on these so I think maybe sort of making students more aware of some of the courses that they can perhaps do over over sort of Christmas or some holidays, these sort of two week two week courses on on coding or whatever. I think these help a student sort of really stand out um, with employers. It shows that they're they're really interested and, and they've been proactive um, through their, their time at university, even if it's not something that the university can offer itself or, or the lecturers can offer itself. I think 
sort of advertising and, and pointing students to to sort of reputable courses is probably um would be really helpful for for a lot of students um can i ask a, a, a question uh, you mentioned earlier that i mean i think nearly all of you mentioned that you're not very good with checking emails regularly what ways would the schools should be using to uh, get the message across to students that hey these online courses are available for free for everyone um is it through economic society them putting up on on a on their page or is it that you all share a secret whatsapp channel um <laughs> um what what is the best way to to get the message across to students and talking of getting messages across to students i want to see what is the best way right from the beginning when students join us for induction week what is the best way to make them aware of these are things that they can engage with the school and being a student is not just attending uh, modules and sitting for exams and yeah James, you went nodding. I, I just, as I mentioned earlier, I think the best way to get to students is through lectures. I think that's when that is the time when students, the most time when students are engaged and are going to turn up to. It's the time when in person students are meant to all come together. And so ways that are normally used, which is emails, a lot of students don't check their emails very well or flick over very quickly, and which you can't do obviously in a lecture as much. Um, and other kind of ways like kind of I know, promoting on social media and stuff. Um, I don't think any of that is as good as being in person and actually kind of being and obviously online that's very difficult and online lectures is still a way to do it but I think getting people in I remember having um, like society members or people running different societies coming in in my first year to the front of the lecture hall in induction week saying oh this is what we do this is what this is what you can do to join um, please come and like have some fun with us or do the um, kind of engagement with different areas and so I think in induction week and actually probably more importantly throughout the whole year and this is harder to do than than it is to say but actually getting people in front of students in person in lectures and saying things and it kind of sounds like it shouldn't be that hard to get students engaged but I think doing that is probably the best way so like if we wanted let's say in person to if it was an in-person podcast maybe to throw like me down there on like a Wednesday morning or Friday morning to a few lectures uh, lect lectures, and just saying hello this podcast is happening tonight please come along I think we'd get more people I think that's probably the same for a lot of things probably yeah I have to agree with James on that and like I have evidence because when the secret challenge was a thing uh, Pete would show it in every single lecture and attendance increased so much when he started to insist people on attending the secret challenge and then when we could we were already during the pandemic we could have some like events he would show it before the um, QR code so people really had to pay attention because they wanted the QR code so I think lectures are the best way to get people to engage and let them know what's happening within the school what about what about situations when people aren't attending lectures? I think can I add to, I think that's why it's important to do this at the beginning of the year and the lectures to make aware everyone hey here are all these opportunities and you can you know engage with the school and A B C D and just come along and do it because afterwards the students who do stay and the students who do attend the lectures those are the ones who will go and talk and those are the ones who are going to hear that hey there is this way what what can I do but like I think it's just uh, if it's emphasized enough beginning as I think uh, Will mentioned before um, then it's like then it might be a higher chance that we might get someone engaged who wouldn't have otherwise. That's actually very interesting because I think we've, we had a conversation George and I this morning about how at times you get a particular set of students engaging in things and then there are just some students who never engage so in terms of trying to, because I often find that those emails get to the students who are seeking them. So the question I would perhaps pose to you, and I don't know if you're the right cohorts to pose this to, since you're already engaged in various types of activities, but how do you think we can get students who would otherwise just not give a blank 
how can we get the students to care a little bit more and think about how this might improve their employability? So for example, let's say I was a student who couldn't care less. What advice would you give me to care more? Um, so I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I was a student who couldn't care less in my first year um, in PPL. Um, I was there, I, I saw first year as uh, a time to enjoy myself. Obviously the LCR was open, which was great. And that's where I spent the majority of my time in first year and I'll admit it. Um, but I think what I didn't really think about in my first year was those employability opportunities and that, yeah, I can have a degree and no matter if that's a 2-1 or a first class degree, but I don't have anything to set myself apart from the rest of my cohort. And I think that's something that particularly in, in first year, I had no clue how the things that I can engage in in first year, which are, are pretty relaxed in some aspects because you know, you're know you adapting to university, you're adapting to university life. Um, but e even if you just so, show some level of engagement, that sets you up for second and third years um, and puts you at a huge advantage compared to those. I started late, so I, I only sort of fully engaged with university life in terms of extracurricular stuff, probably around about my halfway through my second year towards third year. Um, and it, it was really hard to engage with things once you've kind of, you've, you're already behind and you're kind of with the first years when you're joining societies uh, anew. Um, so I think from day one, um, when speaking to first years, you know, saying that it's about having fun, it's about enjoying yourself and it's about settling in, of course. But if you start off now when it's relatively easy, it will make the rest of your university life a lot easier and it will make getting those those grad schemes and things like that, which seem like miles off, um, but that will come around very soon and it'll make those applications a lot easier further down the line. Um, and yeah, hopefully give you a, a lot better opportunities when, you know, you'll be in a job that you love rather than, you know, myself who ended up in a job that I didn't particularly like. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say sort of really trying to hammer home that um, in, a, in a fun and productive way um, would be the most important thing. Anyone has a, does anyone have anything to add there? Oh, I have a very um, radical statement. I want to see what people think of. Should the university allocate some marks to your engagement? What do you think? I think... Don't so kill me, I, I'm just proposing the question. No, no. Uh, I think... Sometimes it's just a matter of personal choice and personality. Uh, I go to uni and my sister goes to the same university. We have completely opposite personalities. She's very shy. And even if she wanted to engage, she wouldn't do it because it just it scares her, like just to talk in front of people. So I think sometimes it goes like it's just people's personality and they won't engage because they're just like that, not because they have something against the lecturers or the school or they don't like what they're doing. It's just sometimes it's not within you to engage and other people, they just don't care. So I think for people who don't care, like as William said before, they just really won't engage. It's not within their interests. So I think the way in which students can be approached is already done. But maybe if there's like a marks trade off, it could increase a bit participation. So that's a yes from Maria. Okay. Is that a no from James? Uh, no, I, I think it, it, it was more just like two quick points is number one is like subjectivity. So it's like how many marks do you reward to this and that? Like, do you get more marks for being part of the podcast than you do for being part of the SSLC or like how does that all work? And then there are also it's a shame, but some people, and, and, and this is completely fair and fine, some people are just here to get a degree to go on to a job and they, and they really don't want to engage with the school. And, and we have to accept that some people will just want that and that's completely fine. Um, we want to have as many people engaging as possible, but, but there will be some that will just want to be here for their degree, for a great university experience, but not engaging. And we have to kind of accept those people 
um, to do what they to do the, what they want to. It, it kind of makes it makes engagement compulsory, and then that means that those people engaging because it's compulsory won't be doing it out of enjoyment or out of um, interest. It will make it worse for them, worse for people who are running the engagement thing opportunities, and kind of be like a compulsory thing that probably I don't think would work. But it's a good idea. I quite like the idea. But it's quite so that's a no from James. I, I could um, I could just just add in in one of my one of my um, sessions we had an external speaker one of my lecturers organised an external speaker and he made and I don't know if this was um, if he was going to follow through with it or not but he basically sort of said in the in the lecture before that there'll be ten percent allocated to your next assessment for asking a question to this. Um, this lady, she's from the World Bank, and when when we had the session, literally, and it's quite a big lecture, so I think there was there was there was, um, there was loads of students in. I can't remember how many, but the, we literally had. She was just inundated with questions and students sort of asking questions, and the whole chat was just full of questions. And it was, I think, it's quite nice because normally every other lecture, there's only sort of like two of us that are ever sort of engaging with the with the lecturer, but she was. Um, she just had so many questions to go off. So I think it it, it could work and perhaps um, whether you're sort of scaring students into to doing it um, and whether you sort of follow through with 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 it so strictly, but sort of just saying that, you know, if you guys do sort of engage with this this external speaker or whatever, then there's there's some more marks up for grabs and it seemed to have worked. So. Can I ask um, Joyce as well, because I remember Joyce saying something about being shy when she started. So would that have changed anything if there were marks allocated for engagement or did you just get to vote because you knew where you would benefit? I'm shy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the hall might remember different. But, I mean, if there was marks allocated to engagement, I definitely would engage because we'd why, be there at the front of the yeah field. why wouldn't yeah. you um i don't i mean when i say shy i mean that i wasn't willing to engage in yeah. other ways except lectures mm. and seminars that was pretty much it that's all i would give um but i mean <laughs> i mean if there was uh, it's a difficult and i can understand the benefits of allocating marginal engagement but then like maria said you are just totally excluding those people who are just inherently shy like they they don't mean to be, but that is just how they are. And even if they wanted to engage, they don't feel up to it. So it's a difficult one. I can understand the pros, but there are definitely cons that we need to be considered. Yeva? I just wanted to add that I don't think marks, I probably am on the no team as well, because I don't think the marks are the right motivation for engagement, because the reason why I assume most of us do this is because we get something else out of it. And there is already like a benefit added to this. And if it, there is just, it's a matter of like explaining to people that Mark can, I know that we're all economists and I know that it's like very, if you don't get a benefit out of it, you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna join. But I think it is very important to uh, make it clear that there are other benefits besides from your marks that you can also get out of uh, student engagement. Chris? Yeah, just going on um, what Eva said, I think it might not might not necessarily be marks. I mean, I had something like that in PPL where if you turned up and you wrote uh, a summary of the readings for that week, it doesn't matter how good or bad the summary was, you'd that added up to 10% of the overall um, module grade. Um, and that was a way to get people to go to the seminars. This was pre-COVID. Um, but I think with people that engage with these extracurricular opportunities, you could perhaps highlight something like I don't know, extra networking opportunities um, or something like that, where the average student who might not necessarily engage, it's it almost becomes kind of not necessarily an exclusive club, but you're rewarded for engaging with the school. And I think something like networking that's really helped me in terms of getting my internships and and roles for after uni. Um, is something that is a lot more useful than, you know, perhaps a bursary or perhaps, um, you know, just, I don't know, a, a pizzas or something like that. Um, I think that would be a much more sort of bigger incentive that would pay off for those that are 
actually engaging um, and want to engage and want to help the school as well. Can I just throw out perhaps a final question to the group and anyone can pick this up. We're talking about this whole awarding marks and personally I don't like the idea as well. I agree that people should have their independence and how they want to allocate their time and if you're coming to uni and you don't feel like engaging then kudos to you carry on. So I, I wonder, because a lot of points that you've all made today has been about getting people to be aware of these opportunities and getting them to be aware early on. If we have, say, a compulsory session for all students in the second week of term, and let's say you'd be penalised attendance-wise and have to have a meeting with Baha in terms of academic engagement if you don't attend the session, would that be something that works? make sure that people have to attend that. I'm just trying to think of how we can get this done because emails obviously are not very effective. We could try lectures, but the truth is not all students attend lectures and the students we're trying to target probably do not attend lectures to begin with. So what do we do? Can I just add that uh, when I, I need to have meetings with some students that we don't know even what they look like, as if they haven't turned up to anything. If they don't reply to emails, I sometimes call them. So <laughs> we could add that to what Ruth just said. So if there is this compulsory, if then we you have to have meetings, and if you don't turn up to meetings, you have a phone call from me, then um, James, you were just saying. I was just gonna say uh, about induction and everything and talking to the students, I would eat quite evil and just do it straight after that first introductory talk because they can't go anywhere. They could, like, they're like they stuck there now. So you just have them there um, and, and have that as the end of the introduction or have it at the end of another lecture or something. So maybe not have your own lecture for it, but through that induction week where there are lots of lectures you go to kind of introduction to the course or how teaching works and quite a lot of lectures that are run by several lecturers, maybe choose one of them to kind of give 15 minutes, half an hour at the end of that to kind of bring on like the group of us. So maybe like a couple of editors from the podcast and NEP um, editor, Society, SLC, and bring them up for like 15 minutes to half an hour where they can kind of do what we've done here in a kind of much more condensed way. And then the, le the, the students are kind of trapped, so they have to listen and, and, and watch. And, and normally in first year, I think you are quite eager to know what's going on. Most students will probably be, that's the time to get them. As, as time goes on, I think students normally become less engaged and more kind of worried, worried about kind of uh, like, the, like the LCR and sleeping in the morning. So that first week or two, I think, is the best time to kind of to catch them and be like uh, throw loads of engagement ideas in front of them. And they're more likely, hopefully, kind of latch onto that. I find it funny that things are using trapped. That sounds like a very heavy word, but I get it. In a non-evil way. Anyone else has something to say? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with James. I think early on is is the best time to to sort of get students to engage and maybe you know we have we tend to sort of have more events for I did sort of at my undergraduate at the end of the year um but perhaps maybe like a dinner or or some some sort of fun event where you know it's in the evening um and students can can engage sort of uh, like really early on in 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 this sort of this school of eco and you know it could be a dinner where you know at intervals different different sort of um that all these sort of different groups come up and, and sort of have their say and, and sort of talk about it a little more and, and just have it in a quite a fun engaging sort of environment rather than you know because it, it can sort of get quite dry sort of um pitching some of these ideas to students um it, it can sort of feel quite detaching whereas i think maybe just um having having the, the societies and stuff just speak speak to people just at a dinner or something i think that would be um um i think that students would, would engage with that um, quite a bit more as a finance event i mean apparently we're having to resort to all sorts of tricks and tactics to get people to engage Okay, well, um, I think we're coming to the end of this today. Thank you very much for staying with us. We've actually spent much longer. I think I've been enjoying the talk so much. I forgot about time. But if there's any maybe final point anyone wants to get across or final question, 
anyone wants to ask, please let me know now or forever hold your peace. I always like to say that, I don't know why. I should be a minister wedding people somewhere. Anyways, um, thank you very much for coming here today to our podcast team who are getting a break from being on the other side of things. Now I know what it feels like, so thank you. Thank you, Maria, for representing the student reps. Thanks, Will, for representing the NEP. Thanks, Joyce and Rosie, for representing the Eco Society. And thanks to George and Baha. And thanks to myself, too, for hosting this event. <laughs> but yeah, it's been nice talking to everyone. So thank you, and um, bye, I guess. Bye-bye. Have a lovely Easter break. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Bye. And I hope everyone can meet the...